So will you turn with me to John chapter 16 and I'll read from verse 1. Okay. It says there, These things have I spoken unto you, that you should not be offended, that you should... They shall put you out of the synagogues, yes, the time comes that whosoever kills you will think that he is doing God's service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. Look how clearly Jesus says that people will persecute you. He says because they do not know the Father nor me. But yet they serve God. But they don't know the Father. Because, and obviously in the context he's speaking about uh, more specifically the Jews will also be the ones that will persecute them because the Jews know God and they serve the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of their forefathers. But he's saying here, he's saying here, but they don't know the Father, that's why they will persecute you. So, uh, the, it's the important then for us to understand God as Father or come to know God as Father because we all were predestinated to the adoption of sons. We were all called to be adopted as sons of God. So God's ultimate purpose for us is that we become sons. The ultimate, or as I said before in the past, the furthest place that God can see with the church is son. He can't see further than that. The furthest place that you get from uh, Ephesians 1, I think verse 5, 5 there, where it says, having been predestinated unto the adoption of children. Okay, but the, the Greek actually means mature sons. And predestinated means that God already saw the destination. Okay, in simple words, the destination for the church is son. So, and that's the furthest place that God could see. If you understand the Greek word, horizon, which comes from horizon, where you get the word horizon, which means horizon is the furthest place that you can see with your sight. That means the furthest place that God could see for the church when he was, before he created anything, he had a plan. And in his plan, he looked as far as he could see and he said, the furthest place I could see is sun for the church. Okay, so the place that you should come to is son. God, I, God has the idea that he wants you to become son. And to be son, I feel that you have to also come to know God as father. Therefore, the doctrine of Christ is both father and son. So therefore, you cannot just speak about the son or Christ, but you also have to speak a little bit about the father. So, and I told you last week, I don't think I'll, I'll go into those verses. But I told you last week that, that if you want to know God as Father, you can't ask Moses. You can't ask Moses to teach you. You can ask Moses to teach you about God. But you can't ask him to teach you about God as Father. Because that was not his revelation. He never had that revelation. So he can teach you something else. He can teach you that he's Jehovah Rapha or he can teach you 
uh, that God is almighty or he can teach you other things about God that he's the I am that I am that was his revelation that he got from God when he was in the when he met God at the burning bush and God spoke to him through the burning bush God said to him when the, the people ask you who sent you say I am that I am has sent you right so in other words I will become whatever I want to become to you that you need me to be. Alright? Okay? So that's important to understand. So Moses did not bring the revelation of God as Father, but Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, brought to us the revelation of God as Father. As Father. This is why in John chapter 17, this is just a quick recap, John chapter 17 I think it is verse 3 or 4 where he says, Father, I have, uh, or doesn't say Father, he says, I have manifested your name unto those men that you have given to me. But Jesus, nowhere in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, took his disciples and said to them, listen, I want to talk to you now about the name of God. You can, I'm sure a lot of you have read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, and nowhere have you come across that Jesus actually sits the people down and says, okay, I want to talk to you now, guys, about God as Father. But he keeps on throwing the word Father in when he's speaking. He throws that word in. So if you understand that only a son can reveal a father. Moses was a servant. So he can't bring to you that a revelation or dimension of who God is as Father, but only a Son. And in I think in Hebrews chapter 3, from verse 1 to 6, there's that verse where say Moses as a servant, but Christ as a son. Highlighting that Moses was a servant, but Christ was a son. So God speaks in Hebrews 1 verse 1, says God in sundry times and in diverse manners spoke unto the fathers through the prophets but in these last days he's speaking to us through son so if you're going to know God you have to know him through the son as father you're gonna to have to if you want to know God as father you have to know him through the son as father because Jesus said he that has seen me has seen the father uh, let me just read that for you. John 14, verse 9. John 14, verse 9. Well, let's read verse 8 as well. He says, Philip says unto him, Lord, show us the Father as it allows us. Uh, Jesus says unto him, Have I been so long a time with you, and yet have you not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how do you say then, show us the Father? You see, they didn't, Jesus never sat them down and said, let me tell you about the Father. The Philip says, hey, show us the Father. Jesus says, no man, I have been showing you the whole time. He that has seen me has seen the Father. Do you see that? So the Son brought to us the revelation of God as Father. Now, how many of you know that God is your Father? from the, the scriptures you know that God is your father you've heard the our father pray all of us here right no God is father 
you know it as information. The question is, um, have you allowed God to be your father? You may know God as father, but if you grew up as an orphan, it is difficult for you to come to experience God as your father and for you to be a son. Though, legally you are a son. Do you understand that? Okay, I think the simple example is, if you can take this, let's say I never, uh, when I was a child, and as a child, my father, uh, my mother, okay, I'll take my example. When I was a child, um, I was just born, and because of apartheid, my father was white, my mother's colored, and back then it was still apartheid times. Uh, Namibia was not Namibia, it was Southwest Africa. So, and they had to flee South Africa so that they could, so that they could uh, be together. And so as they fled, back then in England, they did not allow you to come in if you were a young lady and you just had a child. So they wouldn't allow you to stay in there. And there was obviously not enough money for my, both my father and my mother with me to go into England or to, for, him to, for them both, sorry, for them both to come to fly to another place. So he said, I'll go in, I'll get a job. You come to Southwest Africa, because I think at that time it wasn't so bad as in South Africa. So my mother came then to Southwest Africa, which is now Namibia, and in Vintuk, and she was staying at the Kalahari Sands, and somehow they lost contact. And so I've never seen what's the word, my biological father. Never. I've never seen him. I don't know who he is. Uh, I don't know what he looks like. They showed me a little photo when I was younger, but I've never seen him. So, so now, um, in that situation, I'm an orphan. I don't have a father. I have a mother, but I don't have a father. And so obviously later on, my mother married uh, another man who I grew up and knew as my father, but I only found out later as I grew up that he's not really my father when other issues and problems came in. So on. So now, if that man obviously, okay, my who I know as my father, he had to adopt me, right? And as he adopted me, it's legally I am his son. But if I say if I grew up longer, uh, because I was still small when he adopted me, so, so, so I couldn't really realize that, that I don't have a father. But if I grew, let's say, till the age of 10, 11, or 12, and then only uh, my father met the the man I know as my father, David. And then I would have grown up as an orphan and then I would be, I would be legally his son because they, they married now. I'm legally his son. But I have orphan mentality. I still have to come to experience this man as my father. For me to really come to the place where I feel like a son. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, the, 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 the thing is, is, that, is that God is our Father. And we are told by the Word of God, we are sons. But the question is, have you experienced God as your Father? And have you then become experientially, experienced Him as your Father? And you have now can say, I feel like a son. 
Not only do I know I'm a son, but I also feel and I can experience it. Are you all with me? Amen. So you understand? So there is, there is this thing, and most believers only know, they know God is their father, but they mostly pray to Jesus. They mostly pray to Jesus and so on. And there's nothing wrong with that. But Jesus did die so that you could be reconciled to the Father. There's a clear uh, scripture. Let me just prove that to you. Just go to Galatians. Galatians chapter, chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4 verse, let's read from verse 4. He says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. Okay, God sent His Son, that's Jesus Christ. Made of a woman, that's Mary. Made under the law, that's the law of Moses. Verse 5, To redeem them that were under the law. Okay, that we might receive the adoption of sons. You see, so the Christ came to redeem us from the law so that we can come into the adoption of sons, that we may be sons. That's the reason why he came. That's one of the reasons why he came. He came that you may be a son. Right? So now then he goes on verse 6. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Crying, Abba, Father. We cry, Jesus. There's nothing wrong with that, please. By all means, cry, Jesus. But he says here, Jesus came to redeem you from the law that you might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son so that that's in your heart that you may cry, Abba, Father. So that you may come into a living relationship with the Father. So then the purpose of receiving the Holy Spirit, one of the purposes of receiving the Holy Spirit was so that you could have access to the Father as a son. Because when you received Christ as your Savior, God said, you are son. But now he says, I give you my spirit so that you can access me as Father. That's why the baptism of the Holy Spirit is called what? The promise of the? He didn't say promise of God. Why would he say the promise of the Father? He said, my, I will depart, but I will send you another comforter from the Father. Right? He said, I'll send you another comforter from the Father. The Spirit of Truth. And then, uh, it's so nice there. Let, okay, before I go, let me just read this last verse. Verse 7. Wherefore you are no more a servant, Moses... Moses only produces servants. But a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So as long as you are a slave or a servant, you can never be an heir. 
So God wanted you to be an heir. Who say? Erf. Who say in Afrikaans? Erfgenaam. Yeah, erfgenaam. Okay. He wanted you to receive the inheritance. He has an inheritance for you, but he only gives his inheritance to sons. So therefore he said, I'm going to no longer make you slaves. I'm going to make you sons. I'm going to send my son, redeem you from the law of Moses, and then you can receive the spirit of his son so that you can now cry ever father so that you can be a son and that you can come into your inheritance that i have for you what is one of the inheritances of of um, of abraham the blessings of abraham the blessings of abraham is if you read it i think it's in uh, genesis 15 verse 1 where god appears to to um Genesis 15 verse 1 where God appears to Abraham or that time Abram and after these things the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision saying fear not Abraham I am your shield and your exceeding great reward that is the blessing of Abraham God says I am your inheritance So he makes you son so that you can inherit him. That's why the son is the temple of God. You have become the inheritance of God. You, you have inherited God. He is your exceedingly great reward. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I have now received everything that I ever need. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. Now, uh, go with me to John. 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 John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Is it 15? No. I'm sorry. John chapter 14. Let's read it from verse 15. You see, I want to, you, you see, I want to show you how often Jesus used the word Father. That's what I want to try and show you. So this morning I'm speaking to your head, not so much to your heart. Okay? So if I speak to your head, the cans that your ails, sorry, so good to see. If I speak to your heart, you might cry. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've got to get the head right. Verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father. You see, who's he going to pray to? The Father. And he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither does it know him. Because, but you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. That's the Holy Spirit. So Jesus says to the disciples, the Holy Spirit is with you, but there's going to come a time where he's in you. Verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Now the, the word comfortless in the Greek actually means orphanless. So he says the reason for the Holy Spirit coming is so that you wouldn't be an orphan. 
That's what that Greek, the Greek meaning for comfortless. Because if you are an orphan, who comforts you? Vitruas you. We help you. We lift you up. We is down you to help. If you are an orphan. Do you see that? So, God, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit is going to come so that you, so that you may not be an orphan, but that you may be a son. That's why Romans 8, it's the Spirit that bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That's why, because you are a son, He gives the Spirit of His Son that you may cry, Abba, Father. And when God gives you the Holy Spirit, He is actually giving you now the access. The, he's like the key to access your sonship, to live in your sonship. The power that we spoke about last week, Sunday, as many as have believed on Him, to them gave He power to become sons of God. God gives us power to be sons. The Holy Spirit comes and He gives us power to live sonship, to live as a son, to access the Father. As in it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, where it says, uh, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, causes us to know the things that are in the heart of God. You see? So the reason for the Holy Spirit is so that you can access and I think Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, if I'm not wrong, to kind of my opposite, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, it says that you may access, it says, by whom, which is Christ, we have access by one spirit, or both have access by one spirit unto the Father. You see, so why did he give you the Holy Spirit? Jesus brought you into the house made you legally a son, but then he gave the Holy Spirit so that you can now access the Father. So now you can speak to the Father. Because we have one God and Father over this family. That's what the scripture says. We have one God and Father over this family. It says that's in Ephesians chapter 3. But we won't read it. We can go read it. Look it up there in chapter 3. So we have a father over this family. Right? Okay. So here, uh, John chapter 14. Verse 21. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me sh uh, shall be loved of my father. And I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. Right? So God will manifest Himself to you if you love Him and you obey your command, His commandments. Okay. So, so I want you to see how Jesus is introducing us to the Father. He's, he doesn't say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has said this. No, He says the Father. He keeps using the word Father because He is... He's actually introducing you to the Father. Do you understand that? So, 
En laat ik zeggen tegen Jezus Christus. Oké, okay. Jezus Christus. Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God, is revealing the Father to us. That's why every time he's speaking about the Father, every time he's speaking about the Father. Okay, um, still in John chapter 14, let's read from verse 1. He said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house. My Father's house. You see, he's talking about the Father again. In my Father's house are many mansions. Okay? Now, diocese, the mansions in the Yemeli. Okay? The word mansions in the Greek also appears in verse 23. We'll go there just now. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. So where is Jesus going to? doesn't say he's going to heaven. It says he's going to the Father. He wants you to be where he is. Where, and then later on he says, where am I? I am in the Father, the Father in me. So where does he want you to be? In the Father and in Him and the Father in you. Okay? The mansions. Just go quickly to verse 23. We'll come back now to verse 5. 23. And Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, I will keep, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. This verse, I don't know why they translated it abode. They should have just kept mansions because the Greek word for abode is mansions. The very same Greek word that you read, that you read now in, in verse 2. In my father's house are many mansions. That word abode should also be mansions. So he says, we will make our mansion with you. Our home. You are our dwelling place. You are the father's house. He had to go to prepare that. So that if he dies on the cross, go and offers the blood, his blood sanctifies you, and so then he cleanses the house so that he can now dwell in you. He prepared the place. We are the Father's house. He wants to live in us. Okay? We are the Father's house. He wants to live in us. Now back to verse 5. Thomas says unto him, Lord, we know not where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known the Father also. From henceforth you know, uh, you know him and have seen him. So if you know the Son, you will know the Father. The way the Son lives is, you know, that's the Father. It's the clear expression of who God is as Father. So now, what I want you to see is, now he says, I think it's in verse 6, he says, Jesus says, I am the way. Now the, the, the Greek word there for way, I don't give it to you, but it means, it means 
It means to be, uh, to be a course of life, a way of thinking and feeling. Uh, when the Bible talks about a way, and you are someone who walks in that way, then it, a way is, is a, a manner of life. As a manier van lewe, then you have found a way. And not only have you found the way, though the way you find the way is, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my So in other words, when I get revelation or knowledge from God, he shows me a way. Now he says, walk ye in it. Live what I have showed you now. So if I am living, if I walk in the way, then it means I am now living out what I have learned about from God. Does that make sense? Okay. So that's a, a way to explain it. But the, the Greek from the Thayer's dictionary it will tell you that a way is a course of life. It's a way of thinking and feeling. So in other words, Jesus says, I am the way you think towards the Father. You must look at me and I'm going to show you how to come to the Father. How to stand before him as son. Because I am the son of God. I know how to relate to the Father. I will teach you then. I'm the way. I will teach you how to come to the Father. I will teach you how to behave towards the Father. How to stand with Him. How to be in relationship with Him. How to think and live your life with the Father. So in other words, you have to look at the Son. You have to look at the Son. Let's go to... Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Pradak vanag. Pradak vanag. Okay, okay. So Jesus, Jesus is the way that you should behave when you come to the Father. You understand? He's the way you should think concerning the Father when you come to Him. He tells you how to think. He tells you how to walk with the Father. How to live with the Father. How to be in a relationship with the Father. He's the way. You show us the way. He is the way. He's lived it. He knows the Father. He has come to reveal us the Father. So in other words, I then have to look at the Son to know the Father. So now I stay Christ-centered while I'm talking about the Father, I am using Christ to tell me about the Father. So I'm both Father and Son focused at the same time. So I'm giving you the doctrine of Christ. Okay, uh, let's read the Matthew chapter 6 verse 1. He says, take heed that you do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your father. No, I didn't say God. Why father? 
You see, because he's trying to introduce you to the Father. He's trying to come you to get to know the Father. You see, and if you're looking at Moses to try and get to know God as Father, you're going to run away. You're going to say, Here it is. I blame it. I blame it. I blame it. Daar gaat het alweer. Ik heb alweer een fout gemaakt. Aarde skeer, daar is ik in. Weet, weer een fout gemaakt. Slangen pak mij. Ik heb nou weer gif in mijn lichaam. In. You know? It just goes on like that. You, you look at this guy and you say, wow, God is daarom streng. Okay? But you gotta know, come to know God as Father through the Son. Okay, verse 2. Therefore, when you do your alms or your givings, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. Now, trumpet in the Bible is a, is a, is a, a metaphor, a picture of a message or saying something, a sound that's released. So in other words, he says, if you give your alms, oh, Michael, it's a week. I get to die okay up and die okay up and die and so on so on. As I'm sounding a trumpet. You see, um, I'm trying to show who look at us. Okay. So it, but it doesn't mean that you can't let people see what you are doing. Because in other scripture it says, let your works be done openly. That they may glorify your Father in heaven. So yeah, you can help someone and give him, and if it by chance happens that right now you need to give somebody money right here and you give him, uh, yeah, praise God, hallelujah. Just don't go and tell every person who only give us. Okay, verse 3. But when you do alms, let not your left hand know what your right hand does, that your alms may be in secret, and your father which sees in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Verse 5. And when you pray... You shall not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, enter your closet, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father, which is in secret, and your Father, which sees in secret, shall reward thee openly. So the whole principle is there is just, uh, who are you praying for? Are you praying to be seen? Or are you praying really to your father? Again, he uses the word father twice in this verse. Verse 7. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Now, how many times do you pray the same thing over and over? Concerning a need or something you have. Jesus says, you mustn't think that if you ask him 20 times for the same thing, that you will be heard. Hmm? Yeah. Okay. You see, it's not about repeating it the whole time. That you wear out God that he will hear you. But he says here, verse... Uh, Verse 8, be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knows what things you have need of before 
you ask him. So he says, before you come to the Father, okay, you have this, you have this mentality of God as Father being put into your mind. Sevia? Jy kan die Heere vraag, jy kan die Heere vraag, want ek het nou gister vir my vrou die boodskap gepreek, en toe vraag sy my nou al die vraag, wat sy moet vraag, wat ek die antwoorde vir julle het. <laughs> Jesus, or Paul says in the book of Philippians, he says, let your requests be made known unto God. You see, so, if you have something you want to ask, let it be made known unto God with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. So you can let your request be made known unto God. But what I am trying to highlight to you is a son. I'm showing you the mentality of a son. This is a son that's speaking. This is the son of the living God that's telling us. It's a sin. We're now trying to carve out of you the image of sonship and knowing God as Father. Do you understand? Uh, yesterday, was it yesterday morning? No, it wasn't yesterday morning. It was Saturday. Friday morning. Friday morning, I went to Swakop. I woke up and the Lord said to me, it is the Father's responsibility to take care of you. No. In other words, you have to give him. You have to give him, give the responsibility over to him. Now you see, this is the difference between a son and an orphan. An orphan can't give another man the responsibility to take care of him. You understand what I'm saying? Because he's got no one else to take care of him. His whole life, he fought for himself. His whole life, he had to take care of himself. His whole life, he had no one that was there to comfort, to love, to give advice, to ask. He had no one, he had no one there that was standing there that could take responsibility for him as his son. He's an orphan. But the son has come to know it's the father's responsibility to take care of me. <laughs> you know? My children, hello, Harini, were cos and eat and vati. They don't worry about those things. Why? Hello, is happy-go-lucky. Hulle lach en geniet die lewe. Hulle is happy man. Ek watch them sometimes. And while I'm watching, I don't know, lately the Lord is using my children to speak to me. <laughs> and, and then I come, because one day I was watching them. And I was just watching it, and I was watching how they were playing and seeing how happy they were. And then I just, it dawned on me. Yes, hulle het waar hy oor niks sê, jong. Hulle weet, hulle het ouwers. 
No cares of the world. Cast all your cares unto the Lord, for He cares for you. You see, give Him the responsibility. You see, that's why I say you may know His Father, but have you allowed Him to father you? Now, to make that transition is not easy. It's not easy to make that transition. It's not. I'm serious. The reason why I'm preaching this is because I'm already seeing some of the stuff in my own life. So I'm, I'm really preaching what I'm already loving. Okay? Now, I'm telling you, if God becomes your father, you sleep. Yes, sleep. Serious. When God becomes your father and you come to know it, you come to, to, to the experiential knowledge, you sleep. Because you can, you have, it's easy, it's easy to say, okay, I'm going to trust God and He's going to be my father. Now, in three weeks time on Friday, you need to pay the rent. But three weeks before the time is nog rustig. Christmas nog drie weke. Die Heere gaan vir my sorg. He is going to take care of me. It's easy. Three weeks before the time to say that. But hey. And he's not happy and lucky. But now it comes the week. It's Dinsdag. It's Tuesday. And they say, hey, where am I going to get this stuff? And then Wednesday comes. And then it's Thursday. And then you know Friday morning. Friday morning, it's coming. Hey, that time is thinking. Warfare in the mind. Deep battle is on. As depression wants to get you. Your heart wants to fear. You are, the orphan mind kicks in. Boom. What am I going to do? Where am I going to get it? You know, these type of things. The orphan mind, I scoping. And you see, this is, this is where I've started to learn. That's not the time to cry to God. That's the time to fight with your mind. Je Jesus said, if you believe, you shall receive. But the orphan is battling to believe. Shall I meet me? He's battling to believe. He wants to take care of you. You won't come to know God as Father if you don't hand over the responsibility to Him. You won't come to experience Him as Father. I'm telling you, if you know, choose that Thursday night, it's a, it's a slap. The, I, what I'm coming across is the biggest thing is 
is not to think where it's coming from. You've actually just got to take your mind off it. But uh, there's a difference. There's a difference between someone that's irresponsible, someone that says, "Ah, ik waar niet man, that's irresponsible. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about someone that says, I, I'm going to pay it, but I'm not going to worry. It's my father's responsibility. Mm. Yeah, some people just. No, God's going to do it for them. So, um, I, I give you an example. My, my wife and I. That's why I'm saying, I'm, 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 I'm living some of the stuff. And I'm telling you, uh, last year, from September to December, we never once went to the... We, we, from September to December, we didn't go to, to Cape Town for the business. I have now calculated that my needs per month is 24,000. When we came back from holiday, my wife only then started doing all the books and stuff. And then she said, you know what? We made a loss. I said, it can't be. How can we make a loss? How did we live? I can't, I can't understand. I said, how did we live? If we made a loss. And I don't put people under pressure or what, what, what. If I'm talking to people and people ask me, I will tell them my situation. I'm not going to hide it or something like that. But I don't say things to make people manipulate them to look after me and take me. I blaze still. I keep it quiet. You understand? I give the responsibility to the Father. How we lived, I don't know. How we made it through, it, I can't tell you how we did it. But all I know is we did it. Yeah. All I knew is when we had to pay it, it came. You know, there, there's some people put money into my, into my account. Then, sometimes they take a little longer. You know, and the temptation is to ask the person, yo, wanna get your geld and sit? No, 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 no. Just hang back. No? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to put people under pressure. You understand? You understand? You'll understand what I mean. You guys are with me. How we did it, I don't know. I'm telling you experience. I'm telling you, there were times where the orphan, you know, that's what Sean said. Sometimes the orphan spirit wants to kick in. But God says, I cut it off. Yeah. Hey, I'm telling you sometimes, then I sit there and think, wow. Hey, and I say, hey man, you've got to take your mind off the stuff. You've got to just forget it. you just got to relax. you just got to... Now, this is not irresponsible. This doesn't mean you shouldn't work. This doesn't mean those type of things. Okay? As you met me. It simply means because when you say God is your father, you are saying you are my source. Yes. It's not my business. Because my business could fail. I could lose my job anytime. 
But if God was my father, I still have a source. I still have a source. He will take care of me. So, so I understand. So when I'm teaching you these things, I know what I'm talking about. I'm going through it. And the more we're going through it, and you know, I, I've come to and I've started to learn to like, if I preach a certain topic, I must ask the Lord, what, can, what the text can we expect? So that we know, so that we know how to overcome the attacks. Because every message is addressing something and the enemy would not, would not want you to really break through into sonship. So when I'm talking like this, when, you, when you're going to have to come to know God as your father like this, you're going to have to be challenged financially. Because you want to know God as father. As father. It might not happen to everyone and so on, but I have made a determination in my heart that I want to know him as father. I want to stand as a son of God. I want to know him as father. It's his responsibility to take care of me. Now, the word, yeah, the word there, for your father knows what you, that word know in the Greek, it means he is aware of your needs. That's what that word know means. It means he's aware of your needs. Then it says there, then it says there, the know, it does not only mean that he's aware, it also means that he is doing something about it before you ask. This is why God, I've explained this before, this is why God can bring your answer on the day that you need it before. You understand? Before you make uh, plans or anything I get. I mean, one of the simplest ways I can explain it is, is like, for example, when you say you're walking down the street and you're really down and out and you say, Lord, I just really need a sign. Just, I just want to know, Father, you are still with me. Let let a red bucky come past ya. A cominet omi drive. Hey, he, he told that guy to get into the bucky before you asked. Because he knew you were going to ask. So he told that guy to get into the bucky. And this guy, that day, he just said, No, I'm going to take another route. I take a route in. Is your sign. Who? Hmm? Oh, Charles says it happened to me. Or to him. Sorry. So, Charles is a living example. I mean, there are many other people who, who have that testimony. You know? And so on. So, God is able to answer your things before you ask. He's able to set it into motion. Get it ready. So, by the time you come. So, now... Now you see, now go to the next verse, verse 9. Go to the next verse. You say, now I'm going to teach you how to pray. 
Now he says, when you pray, say, start like this. Our, not God. Our, not I am, I am. Not God Almighty. Not Jehovah Nisi. He said, our Father. Because our Father is Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah, all those Jireh, all those things. We understand, he is it just flows out of him as who he is in himself. He pro a father is a provider. A father takes care, you understand? So now he says, when you pray, say, our father. Now immediately, boom, you have a challenge. Because what I'm experiencing from since last year, when I started, when the Lord started showing me these things, my challenge now is, who batek? Because the word our father now Friday morning Friday morning when he said it is the father's responsibility to take care of you the next thing that stood out for me was is our father a son because he comes to know his father a son is always bringing others with him in prayer now let's see if you are an orphan or a son. How many times do you just pray for yourself and you never prayed for anybody else? A son says, Our Father, give us. Give us our day. Not me, us. Our Father. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? I was, now I was driving in the car on the way to Swakop and this thing of our father. Hey, and then I saw at the point and I said, our father, I bring your family to you in your presence. Yes. Hey, the car was loaded. <laughs> the Lord was there. I'm telling you. I get someone now 60 Swakop to get but I was not there in that atmosphere. I was supposed to go and drop some stuff. I first, when I got to Swakop, I first went and parked there at Palm Beach. But I was not in that atmosphere. There's this thing of our Father. You see, it's not when you are son, you are not me, myself focused. You are us focused. This is sonship. This is to be a son. Do you know? Okay, I won't give scriptures now. But I can give scriptures one. Because I want to talk one day about uh, the Melchizedek priesthood. We are priests and kings. But, if you understand the Melchizedek priesthood. Royal priesthood. It, we are all high priests. Ons amal is hoog priesters. Because the Melchizedek priesthood is in it, it has a high priest and a king. So if we are royal priests, then it means in there we are high priests. Why do you think he says come boldly to the throne of Christ? Only in the Old Testament, only the high priest could go beyond the veil. So he's made you a high priest.
to go beyond the veil and talk with him. Now the thing about a high priest is, I went to go and read about his garments that they made. They had to make garments for the, the high priest. And one of the things they had to do was they had to make an ephod. An ephod. And then on the ephod, there were the 12 stones. And then on the shoulders, there was two stones as well. And on the shoulders, they would engrave the 12 tribes of Israel. And on the ephod, there would be 12 different stones representing 12 tribes of Israel. And then the Lord says, He shall bear the, the, the children of Israel upon his heart. So when this high priest is coming into the, the presence of the Almighty God, he's not coming for himself. He's bearing others on his chest. God wants us to be high priests. But to be high priests, to stand in our high priesthood, we have, we have to come to sonship. You have to know, stop praying just for yourself. It's now you have to learn to carry others on your heart. And bring them with you into the presence of God and say, Our Father, give us the daily bread. Us, they, them, our. He's our Father. We are brothers. And bring my family here. You see, this is, you have to carry on your shoulders the responsibility of others. A son. Gee, what did Jesus say? A son. Let's ask the son. What did he say? He said, No man takes my life, but I, I am the good shepherd who laid it down for the sheep. You see, this man is not concerned about himself. He's got others on his mind. He's our, he's us-centered. Us, we focused. This is, this is what it means to be a son. Why can a son come to the father and pray our Father and be more concerned with others is because there's a Father who has taken responsibility for Him. So He doesn't need to worry about Himself. He can worry about others. Because he's, that's why when He says our Father, the minute you say Father, they, they should be like, enter. Enter on the internet. You know, on the, on the computer, you press Father, enter. There's a whole lot of things. Father's this, Father's that. The minute you say, Our Father, enter. You know already. You already know what I have need of. Thank you, Father. You're already doing something about it. You're already are moving and doing things. Shalom, met me. 
our father. Um, Hoe laat praat ek nou al? Hoe sê? 24. A uur en 24 moet nie. Nee man. One hour. Ja, ons sê. Ek weet ons het dink 11 uur of net voor 11 begin. Ok, so I think I'm just gonna bring it to a close here. Want daar is nog een hele hoofstuk daar so. Ons is nog net, daar is nog een hele hoofstuk daar. Now, do you, you understand? Listen, a orphan, a orphan is so, his prayers are so dominated with himself. Because he hasn't come to know that someone has taken responsibility for him. He, he, it's almost like he can't afford to pray for others because he has got such a need. I've got to let the Father know. And I must remind him so that he won't forget. You see, that's why I'm saying my challenge now is yeah, so you know, now when I have a problem, I was like, okay, got a problem. My father already knows. Oh, no, but that's so come up the challenge. But now, now the Bible says, just make your request known unto God. Okay, so I make it known. But I know that he's also doing something about it. Or I should know he's doing something. Do you know where it, it dawned on me more? With my ekenners weer. I bedoel, for example, we knew that Simone wanted a bike. We knew it. And say so oulig and say, she asked Jesus for a bike and, she, and then she told us she doesn't need to ask him again. <laughs> I don't know where she gets it. But <laughs> and, and you know what? We made plans. Before that day, we made the plans. We knew long before time. How many of you, as parents, you know one day your kids are going to school? You know one day your kids have to go to university? Before they even think that stuff. You are thinking it for them. And you are already making plans. You're a father. You're a mother and a father making plans ahead. God is our father. He's making plans. He's, he's, we've got you covered. Huh? Got your back. Uh, uh, I was sharing the stuff with Dwayne, Pastor Dwayne, and Pastor Dwayne uh, gave me his testimony in the natural. He was, most, he, was, he was going to go study to be a pastor. And at that time, he didn't have the money and so on. And he asked his dad, and his dad said to him, you go. Go enjoy yourself. Let me worry about how I'm going to pay it. A father. So he went. And he left it 
in the Father's hands. And he went and studied, enjoyed himself. The Father said, leave it in my hands. I will take care of you. Now you see, you got to know God as Father. That's why I'm saying to you, to be that son, you have to come to know the Father. So that we can break the orphan spirit. Hey, man, I'm telling you, the Lord's speaking to you guys. Orphan spirit. Orphan spirit is not to condemn you or us, but it's to, it's to come through. Say, hey. You see, this is where we have to come to know God as Father. As father, because, and you got to experience, that's why I said to you, pray and say, God, I want a revelation of you as father. I really need to experience the spirit of the father so that it can break the orphan spirit. So it can break the orphan spirit. You see, how many of us sitting here has never had maybe a father? Do you know how many times I had to ask my father, the one who adopted me, how many times I had to ask him to pay my bills? Now I'm not condemning my father. I'm just giving you my testimony. When we had to pay, at that time I was having a coach and he was coaching me. And then comes the end of the month, there's a bill to pay. I give the bill to the father. Come a month later, it's double up. Another bill, three months later. I have to ask this every time, please will you pay it for me? How many, you see, you see, that is to come, even though you have a father, it is to develop an orphan mentality. That thing in us needs to break. It needs to be demolished in us. And God wants to reveal himself as father to you. How many, how many times did you feel alone? How many times did you feel alone? How many times did you feel no one was there? How many times did you feel you must fight this battle yourself? You must make your own plans. If no one comes through for me, I've got, to, I've got to make something of my life. Let's close our eyes. I think the Lord is speaking now to the hearts of people. The orphan spirit is a spirit of bondage. It brings fear, depression. It brings, you're lost, you don't know what's going to happen. You must take care of yourself. 
It's the orphan spirit. It's the orphan spirit. God wants to introduce himself to you as father. He wants to be your father. He wants you to know him as father. I want you just to turn to the person next to you and pray for that person. Pray for that person. You, you, you had a father that left you. God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You had a father who wasn't faithful to come through. The Bible says, God is faithful. He is faithful. God says, I am not your natural father. I am a father that will not fail you and let you down. Let me be your father. In the Bible he says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a bright future. So this song says he wants to make all things new in you. Father, we ask you to come. Father, we ask you to come. Father, we ask you to minister. Minister. Father, let your children know that you are with them. The Bible says, what is God that he is mindful of you? The son of, what is man that God is mindful of you? The son of man that he would visit you. It, it says that the father has his mind on you. He has not forgotten you. He's not like another man who has no interest in you. He is so interested in you. He is so concerned about your well-being. O Heere, laat die binnen ons, laat het uitroep, Father, 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 let our spirits cry, Father, Father, Father.
He won't let you down. He won't let you down. Father, we pray for healing. Heal the orphan hearts. Heal the orphan hearts. Minister to the heart this morning. Minister to the hearts. Lord, let the orphan spirit begin to go. Let it begin to go. Let it begin to be washed away by your love. Father, there's a song that says, Your love is melting away my bitterness. Your love is taking it away. Oh, He wants to be our Father. He wants to be our Father. Just for five minutes, speak to him, speak to him, speak to him, Father. Change our minds about you. Change our minds. Ons hart loop vir hom weg. We run away from him, but we don't need to run away. <laughs> 